Welcome to Working Towards Our Purpose, a podcast that offers a different perspective on what a job can be. For everyone out there that's heard that voice in the back of their head asking for something more, it's time to listen to it. I'm your host, Gino, and join me as I interview people who have decided to work in their own purpose. Together, we will learn, become inspired, and hopefully find our own path towards working in our purpose. Joining me today is Darnell Pfeiffer, also known as the artist Saint Pfeiffer. He is a unique abstract artist that transforms simple concepts into meaningful, saturated pieces that spark the consciousness. I recently saw him speak and be a part of Wabi Gallery here in New Haven. Saint Pfeiffer, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Oh man, th- um, I'm well. How are you, Gino? And uh, thanks for the introduction. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm doing well. Also, <laughs> glad to have you here. So yeah, why don't we just start by you telling me a little bit about yourself in your own words and tell me a little bit about your art. So I grew up in, um, I was born in White Plains, New York, and I was uh, moved to Norwalk, Connecticut when I was about five years old. Yeah, I mean, grew up the only child. My father passed away when I was nine years old. My mother passed away when I was 21 years old. I have a son who's mm-hmm. 17, who actually goes to Tabor Academy, which is a boarding school. Massachusetts. He plays uh, football and lacrosse. I grew up playing football and and sports like that and team sports. And I just kind of like somehow art found me or this gift found me. So I've been painting since 2018 because of my bout of depression and not thinking about committing suicide. And, uh, you know, when you're like sleeping and up at the same time through that medium, something told me to paint and I've been painting ever since. So overall, I've just been kind of like an introvert and to to myself and things like that. So that's, that's pretty much my story, I guess. Cool. Cool. So can you tell me a little bit about like the first time you started painting and you said it kind of just like inspiration struck. Can you talk a little bit more about that? How did that, how did that first start? I mean, yeah. So like my son at the time, he was going to go, he was going into sixth grade and uh, we were going to enroll him at Fairfield Country Day, which is a private school. And I had, I had no idea how I was going to pay for the tuition. So I got a second job, got the second job. I was working like 20 hours a day, getting like four hours of sleep. And like I was saying before, like I was extremely depressed thinking about suicide, but I just, one night I just couldn't sleep. I was restless and I was up and, um, something told me to paint. And I was always inspired by like different artists, but I just didn't know how to do so. Like, you, you know, that time, whenever you say like, I can do that too. I can do that too. I can do this. I can do that. But then sometimes you don't believe yourself. And for whatever reason, after I heard the word paint, I just instantly believed that I could do something. And I just started off with my first piece was like a Martin Luther King piece because it was coming up on his 50th anniversary of his passing on uh, April 4th, 2018. So like, and I just started with stencils and then I kind of like started with paper. And then it just kind of like my curiosity slowly started to morph into different avenues. And I wanted to incorporate my mother somehow. I wanted to incorporate myself somehow. I wanted to create black culture somehow. And just that curiosity of like, how do I infuse all these different things at one time? So my first thought was like, well, my mother's favorite color is baby blue. How do I incorporate that in my pieces? And then the second one was like my mother, oldest of 10 kids, the day after she graduated high school, she moved to New York. She didn't know anybody. And she kind of like just built herself from the ground up. And I said to myself, a lot of black stories go untold. So how can I do my service to the, to the world and like present these like African-American figures that, are forgotten about, unfortunately. So how do I like become a visual artist and kind of like showcase them in a, in a light that people can find either inspiration from or dive deeper and like to figure out other greats that were before us would never 
kind of opportunity to speak their stories or share their stories. That's awesome. That's a, a, I think a really like thoughtful way to go about your art. And it seems like you put a lot of the focus of your art into your mother and, and maybe other people's stories. I think that's, that's really interesting to, to not maybe do it from a self-centered sort of area. It seems like your mother's an important force in your life. Is, is that true? Absolutely. She's like uh, the best thing that, it, well, aside from my son, the best thing that ever happened to me. Just the fact that she never, like growing up, she never told me that I couldn't do anything. You know, mm. like she always told me like, never say you don't know because of the fact that that's going to cast a great cloud over you. Mm. Right. The moment you say you don't know, the moment you stop thinking about what you can potentially do. And then it's like so many, because she wasn't a big talker. So like, in so many words now that I'm older, it's like, because the world is already going to tell you what you can't do. So you can't have doubt within yourself because a lot of times the world is going to tell you what you can't do. You know what I mean? So it's like you have to love yourself enough to, to say, give a little bit of pushback. Like, actually, I can't do this and I'm going to do this. So that's kind of like the thing. Like there's there's doubts, of course, but it's like this is a lifestyle for me now. And I, and I love this thing. And I like I'm glad I got got this presented with this gift. And I'm like cherishing every moment and like doing my due diligence. You know what I mean? Like studying who I need to study, researching what I need to research, becoming a forever student, basically, and a, and a knowledge seeker. So she provided that for me. Like, and again, like her like story of the fact of like, again, graduating high school, coming up here, being an operator, then working her way up to like a VP level in a corporation. So that was inspiring. And just like after my father passed away, she had to retire early to take care of me. So it's like, and then she, after my father passed away, I kind of like seen her like, not well to live, but the fact of like, she was sad, like, cause of the fact that my, my father passed away. And within that time frame, my aunt passed away, who was, who was her best friend. So my aunt Bougie. So, uh, I love them both dearly. So they're definitely a huge inspiration into uh, what I do now. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you can continue their story, even though they're no longer with us. It's cool that you can put them into the things that you're creating and then putting out into the world. Um, I really think that's, that's really cool. Thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> so you, you, you hit on something earlier when you were speaking about curiosity and being curious. I, I found that that's like almost like my word of the year, curious and, and being curious. And I found that like, if you could look at things from a more curious standpoint, you can maybe see it a different way or see something that maybe you didn't see before or learn something you didn't know before. How do you use like curiosity or how, how do you be more curious into like what you're doing in your art? I think like for me, I, I feel like I, I think we kind of like had a small conversation about it. Like I stopped putting my adult brain on hmm. when I'm looking at things. Cause a lot of times your adult brain tells you again, what you can't do. Uh, you got bigger fish to fry, right? You have these bills coming in, you have this coming in, you have that coming in, right? It's like, and I just kind of like taking a step back from that and kind of like relive my childhood. And some parts of my childhood was like traumatic, but now I'm brave enough to kind of go back there, that dark place and bring whatever that is and bring it to the light of like this curiosity. And then sometimes speaking to people, right? Like you think your, your world or, your life is so bad, but then you meet somebody, you're like, it's not so bad after all. You know what I mean? So like, what does that look like? And I, and I love stories. I've always loved stories. I love people's stories. Like, so when they share these things, I try to see if it not matches up with mine, but how do, how do we connect in some kind of way? And then how can I share your story and my story at the same time and put it on canvas? So it's just the curiosity of like, not being a, not being a feather, but being a dart, right? Like when you throw a dart, it's like a straight line. It's going to land on something. Right, opposed to a feather, 
it can kind of drift, right? Mm-hmm. And land on something for a brief moment, and then it kind of goes away. So I just try to like be a dart, I guess, in terms of if if I'm even answering the question correctly, but just being a dart, like having a link, linear focus of like what the goal is and like bringing everything with me along the path. Obviously, the path isn't straight all the time, but I know where the target is. You know what I mean? And again, I think just loving people's stories and like what they, what it does for me, for my soul and like my story and like my mother's story and, and my friends and family and whomever like I come across and like if I can like fuse that together you know what I mean then curiosity is like uh, I was listening to an interview I think it was I forget who it was who said it but basically they said they're huge movie buff one they watched the movie for being a fan then the next one they watched it for scoring the, the film and the next being a director so like that's how I'm trying to break down things now like how do I look at it like from a different perspective right then everyone's saying this one thing but if I step to the side or to the left or to the right it's like here's another angle I can go at this thing and that's my unique lens and everyone has a unique lens. We just don't tap into it enough. You know what I mean? So I just, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to tap into like the uniqueness or the, the weird, so to speak, mm-hmm. angle of like things that I look at. So yeah, just re- remaining a student, honestly. And like, I'm pretty sure who's your favorite artist, let's just say. Oof. Uh, it depends on the day for me, honestly. <laughs> Today, okay. I, I would maybe say I've been listening to a lot of the 1975, so maybe them. <laughs> So, so boom. So then it's like, now you're going to like listen to that artist or that, that generation of, or the era of music. Who do they, who are they influenced by now? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're going to do this deep dive of like, where's the root come from? Like who is, why are they being inspired that way? So it's like, whenever you're researching things, it's many different levels, right? So you got to put your hard hat on and kind of dive a little deeper, like to these things that like uncovering the, the shit that you want to uncover. I'm sorry if I curse. I'm a big no, cursor. I apologize. Good. You're allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the fact of like, if I, if it's art, okay, so like who's within this art or life? What's within encompasses life, right? So just uncovering different levels of different things, right? So the things that I'm interested in, I want to un- uncover those things. That's pretty much where I, the curiosity comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, I, I do like the analogy that you said about the dart and the feather. I actually just came across this quote that's right here on my desk the other day. And it's by Napoleon Hill, who... Um, wrote that book, that really famous book. I can't remember the name of it. Think and Grow Rich? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yep, Think and Grow Rich. And it says, successful people make decisions quickly and firmly and change them slowly, if ever. Unsuccessful people make decisions slowly and change them often and quickly. And that, to me, that quote is exactly the dart versus the feather. <laughs> so mm. I thought that, that was an interesting correlation. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you think about it, right, it's just like, there's a lot of times if we're not assure of who we are, we're kind of like easily persuaded to go a, a different direction, right? The world tells you, ah, oh, maybe not, you know, you might not, you, you might be cra- a little crazy, but mm-hmm. name one genius that isn't crazy to, to quote Kanye, right? So it's like, you got to do the things that are true to you, right? The world is going to tell you whatever the f- you want to, they're going to tell you, but you got to be an anchor in your own life. You got to be a pillar. You got to be this like thing of strength. You know what I mean? So it's like, do what's true to you at all times. As long as it's not harming anybody and it's making you a better individual for the entire world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that's definitely been a big thing that I've been thinking about in the past few years and since I've left my corporate job, because I think that I can definitely resonate with that about being in certain situations and you know, kind of going and doing things because you're supposed to or people told you you're supposed to do that or you know, that sort of thing. And then getting there and then being like, why isn't this making me happy anymore? And, and I think that being 
like your full self and being like what you really want to be does take some sort of like, you know, being courageous and, and being willing to put yourself out there, even if you think it's maybe different or crazy. Is that something that you've struggled with, you know, growing up and, and even now, like being your true self, or is that something that like maybe comes a little more naturally to you? I've always been a different person. I've grown up the only child. You use your imagination. I know you have a twin brother you were telling me. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's a little bit different. Like growing up the only child, you only have your imagination to kind of like go off of anytime. So it's like, and then it's like growing up and then it's like my mother putting me in team sports after my, my dad passed away. So playing baseball, playing lacrosse, playing football, playing basketball. So having that team, that team mindset. And like for the longest time, I thought I needed a team to kind of like fulfill my dreams. Right. But I've always I've always drifted away from the team if we're not playing a team sport, like if we're not doing like practice, or if we're not doing the actual game itself. I'm always I always find myself by myself trying to figure things out. People used to call it like fading the black, but I used to fade the black, like just being by myself, but not developing anything. I would just be be by myself. My goal was to always like to come back when you see me again, being better, possibly being more knowledgeable about something. But I still wasn't thinking about art. I would just like I would just be like this, like random person that just ran those random facts about probably shit that doesn't need to be talked about. You know what I mean? But somebody might spark something and it's like, oh, it's because of whatever that thing was at the time that we're talking about. They're like, where did you find? I'm like, I don't know. So I, I think I've always been a knowledge seeker and I've always been like different in terms of the way I dress, the way I talked because I was never cool enough in school, right? I was always like, oh, that's just DJ or that's just Darnell. He's corny. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Like, not cool enough. And then all of a sudden I get to high school and like start playing football and then like getting the girls and all these different things. So it's like, it was like this like confidence builder, so to speak, always remaining myself throughout the whole process. You know what I mean? Like never always being into my own drum, being influenced by people. But then when I take it from people, right, how do I use it and turn it into my own little thing? How do I turn it into me? Right. Not mimicking them, but then, using it, like absorbing it, and then like recycling it back to the world of something different. And that's how I, I, now that I'm older, like that's how I always try to do things. If I'm influenced by you, I'm going to be influenced by you, but in my way. And then I'm going to bring it back to the world in a different manner to make it cool, right? Or my my lens, what what cool is to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Put put your own spin on it. I like that. So you, you did mention earlier too, when you were talking about how you got into art, struggling with mental health and, and that being a piece of, of what brought you to being an artist. Do you want to talk a little bit more about the struggles that you've had with mental health or like what you do now to, you know, get through those struggles? I think as somebody who also struggles with mental health, it's also really nice to be able to like hear somebody be vulnerable and like mention that they've had struggles with it. Cause it, I think helps everybody when you, when you talk about it, cause I think everybody's always going through something. And, uh, I think the vulnerability is what helps heal. Uh, thank you. Um, I think for me, May 27th of uh, 2022, I lost my job and, and I kind of like did this art full time, but let me rewind a little bit. Like I always knew that I wasn't a good employee, if that makes sense. Like I, I just knew like the fact that like you, I love the process of everything. Like obviously getting courted or, you know what I mean? Sign, like going through the interviewing process and then going through the like orientation process. And then it's like, you get into the corporate world. Then it's like, Oh, this is not what I kind of like imagined in my mind. Right. So it's like, and then it's like a sales job at that. So it's like, you're only as good as your last day. So yesterday has to be, today has to be better than yesterday's numbers and so on and so forth. So it's always this constant hustle and constant like pushing you out of your comfort zone, but in a manner of like where it was too f- 
fast for me, right? Being uncomfortable, which is a great thing to be uncomfortable. And like, that's how you grow. But how they did it, I, I feel like you were just a number. Like you're not a, you're not Darnell Pfeiffer. You're not DJ Pfeiffer. You're just, you're employee. I was employee 37883, right? That's how the higher ups see me. But then it's like, I'm working for someone else's dream, right? And then like, prior to me getting so, I used to work at People's Bank, the last job I had. And the last job, I pray that is the last job I'll ever have, right? And like being an employee there, then they were just recently got purchased by MNT Bank. And then it's like, I can't speak to the, I can't speak to anybody, right? I can't speak to anyone higher than who's in my local branch, right? If I have like an issue or something, I can't talk to anyone directly but my manager. And it doesn't go past there. And I don't know where I'm going with this story, but it's like, I was just never a good employee. And then once I got fired from my job, it felt like shackles were released. Mm. Like mental clarity was a little bit more there because of the fact that like, I'm going to a job that I hated. I shouldn't be dreading going back to work on a Friday evening when we're about to enjoy the weekend, right? Having anxiety that Sunday morning of like leading into Monday morning, man, should I call out today? Because I just don't want to be there, right? So they did me a favor and they fired me. And this is the first time like I, I've, I wasn't nervous. I wasn't scared. I wasn't in any of those things because I knew now, because back then when I got fired from a job, I didn't know what I was going to do next. I got this, this, this I got to pay for. These things racing to my mind. But now that I have clarity and I have a focus and that dart-like mindset, I have a goal, I have a vision. Being released was the best thing for me. The shackles were released. Any like metaphor that it's like being tied down, the, the anchor was lifted, like rocks were lifted off my shoulder, like all these different things. And like, now it's like, what's next? What's next is like going full steam ahead with this art thing. Well, how do I be a better artist? How do I be a better artist? So now I'm looking up YouTube. Like, how do you be, become a better artist? Or how do you work on mental, men, your mental approach? Well, I look at, I listen to Tim Grover, who, who trained Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, and also D. Wade. I listen to David Groggins. I listen to the best of the best, the 1% in, the, in their respective fields, right? What do they do? How do they, how do they overcome these mental battles? Then I listen to God, right? God is, is giving me this gift, so I'm like paying it back to him now. Like I give him all the glory because of the fact that what he's given me. And like he's giving me these wings to soar now. And I'm not afraid, but then it's like meditation. I've, been, I've started meditation about a year ago in August and meditation, at least, at least five minutes a day. That's probably given me the most benefit in believing in myself because I'm pretty sure, as you know, as a creative, as a, an individual, right? As a business owner, you have all these different thoughts that are going in your head at rapid pace. How do I like connect these things and connect these words and connect this situation to this one, to that one? Meditation helped me with that. Meditation helped me with the fact of like zoning in and like narrowing the things that need to be narrowed and everything else is like filtered out, if that makes sense. So meditation, prayer, and just being in solitude sometimes. And I like, I love driving. I love driving. Driving clears my head. It's been a thing that I've done since being an artist or being a creative, like, or finding out that I'm an artist or a creative. Just driving too, man. Long drives, maybe music blasting or audiobook blasting or podcasts or just yourself or listening to jazz because jazz has no words. So now you have a little bit more clarity with that too. So all these different things, man, I'm, I'm, I'm learning in the process and also time blocking and time scheduling helps me too. So I lock myself some time for like self-care, right? I just have to get better at like working out, but that's something that I'm adding next to, to the list of like mental clarity and also physical clarity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there as far as like 
quieting the noise so then you could figure out what yourself is trying to tell you or you're listening to your own thoughts or intuition. I think a lot of times I find myself, you know, especially even when it comes to like business, like, you know, somebody's coming to you and saying, hey, do you do this thing? And it's like, well, I don't really do that thing, but I guess if you're going to pay me, I guess maybe I'll do that thing if it makes sense. But now specifically, I'm realizing that like, I, I think I almost have to learn to say no to some things just so that I can go and do the things that I'm believing in. And just like you said, the dart. And, and that's why I keep coming back to the dart and the feather thing because it's like, yeah, I could float to this thing. They'll pay me. Then I'll float to this other different thing and they'll pay me. But I don't have any like clarity on what I'm doing because I'm confusing myself along the way. And that's been like a huge learning process for me. And I think not saying that you do like everything, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I do everything that relates to podcasting. That, that doesn't really help me because it's not focused, right? And if you're focused, you can then figure out how to do that one thing or how to get there. Whereas if you're trying to do 10 different things at once, it's like harder to do that. So I don't know. I think uh, quieting your mind and then figuring out what it is that you want to do is certainly like a helpful thing. I've always, I've tried to meditate for a long time and I, I don't know, maybe I don't prioritize it or I don't maybe do it the right way. I don't know. Like what, what would you say to somebody who like doesn't meditate or, or they don't know how to meditate? Like, like what, what is meditation to you? Is it just sitting by yourself and, and being quiet or do you listen to like a guided meditation? How do you do it? I use guided meditation myself, but I mean, honestly, like maybe getting home or first thing in the morning, right? Instead of grabbing your phone to check what's the latest email or the latest text message or the latest notification through social media, don't pick up your phone for like the first half hour, hour of your day, like get yourself started, maybe take a shower, cup of coffee, whatever that, whatever that morning looks like, just don't pick up your phone. Right. Also, like I've read this book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's just adding one thing, one thing to, to the to-do list, right? Like even if it's for a minute, even if it's for five minutes, if you're working out, right, you go to the gym, you get there, you walk back out. That's, that's something that you're creating, right? That's a seed that you're planting in that situation. So I would say maybe when you get in your car after work or after uh, a long business meeting, right? You get, breathe a little bit, inhale, exhale a couple of times. If you want to close your eyes, you can do that too. Just remain still. Don't, again, don't pick up your phone. Just kind of like be present. And that's what meditation helped me again with is like being present and being like, yeah, just being, just being there, like being centered, if that makes sense. But no phone, I would say when you first wake up, if you can help it, it's a process. Like I'm still learning. I still have my flaws where I still pick up my phone before I do anything else. But I think it's just a habit of like doing something that you normally don't do to create this selfness or oneness of, of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's definitely true. And, and also not being hard on yourself if, if you fall back into the habits. I think that's something I struggle with too. Like wanting to do something, thinking about it and then not doing it and then being like, oh man, I did it again and being hard on yourself. I think if you're constantly hard on yourself, it makes it even that much harder to change and to do it next time because you keep beating yourself up over it. I think a lot of times we don't give, again, we don't give ourselves enough grace. It's mm. something new that you're trying out, right? It's, you're not gonna, like, sometimes we have like this perfection where we think everything's gonna be like done right away. And that's not how it works. Like you're gonna fall, you're gonna fail, you're gonna be still, maybe months in, you still might have a relapse. You might take a step backwards, but you're still further ahead than where you were before you started, right? So it's like a lot of times it's like, if we don't do it that day, it's like, man, I'm the worst. I'm this, that. And if you can't, first, the negative talk has to stop. Like that shit has to stop, number one, right? But it's like, give yourself grace in the process. Even if it's like closing your eyes, a deep breath in and out. That's a win. I meditated. You may not say that verbally to everybody else, but 
that's a win for you. Now that's a gold star on your on your board, right? Of like whatever like your appreciation post to yourself. Like that's a gold star, right? Like that's what it is. It's not, it's not meditation isn't like five, 10, 15 minutes an hour. You grow you grow to those steps. But the first step is like is closing your eyes and taking a deep breath in and out. And then now that turns into two breaths. That turns into three breaths. That so on and so forth, right? Like it's just the practice of actually doing it. You don't have to be the greatest of all time, right? Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time because of the fact that he just showed up. There's work that he did. There's days that he said, man, F this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired today. I don't want to do this today. I got this obligation. I have this obligation. It's just setting aside some time for yourself, selfishly, and prioritizing what you need because the world needs you, a whole you, to, you know what I mean? To like move the world forward, if that makes sense. So move the people that are in your world forward. So it's mm-hmm. like, take time for yourself to like, be diligent in that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And and I think part of that too, for me anyways, that's been able to almost allow myself to to be almost selfish in that way is to, it's, it's kind of almost like a backwards thing. It's like you're being selfish, but you're being selfish so that, like you said, you could show up for the people around you because you're in a better headspace and you're in a better place to where you can positively impact their life instead of negatively impact it. So for me, it's almost been like, if I can think of it in a way of being selfish so that you can help the people around you more. I think that that's been like helpful for me as far as like putting that time to yourself or like taking out that time to whether it's read or learn something yourself or go for a walk or, you know, tell a client like, Hey, I'm not going to have this till tomorrow. Sorry. Like it was supposed to be the other day, but I'm not going to finish this day. I'm going to get it done tomorrow. <laughs> but kudos to you because like, what are we doing now? You're, you have, you're having a podcast, pleasant podcast, right? It's like, you're curious, right? You're, you're asking these questions because one, you want to get, you want to know someone's story. Then how do you, how can you get better? What are the, mm-hmm. what are the tools that this person is using so I can apply it to myself to be a better version of myself? It's, mm-hmm. That's how it should be. But the fact that like some, like if we walked in past each other in, in a public, we probably won't talk to each other, but something brought us together, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Something brought you together. Like that curiosity, maybe I have time to like ask this person a question. They're right here in front of me. Now is the opportunity to do so. Then it turns into a conversation. It's like, a pleasant conversation, right? Pleasant. It's pleasant. <laughs> and now you ask me to come on pleasant podcasts, right? And then it's like, that's how, it, that's how it should be. Right. It's mm. like, what are you working on today? Or what do you, what have you been working on? How did you get to this point? What do you see yourself doing? That's how the conversations should go. Mm-hmm. If you're curious yeah. enough, patient enough to do so. Exactly. And back to that word curious, I think being curious about other people is like the, you know, the best thing you could do because that's how you learn and that's how you kind of open up doors and break down walls is just being curious about what people are doing. So yeah, I, I totally agree with all that. So yeah, I guess uh, let's maybe transition a little bit and talk a little bit more about your art. And I want to talk to you about like, you know, cause I'm sure there's other artists out there that are listening. There's tons of artists in New Haven and, and Kim, who's part of Wabi Gallery is a very big part of the artist community in New Haven. Do you want to talk to me a little bit about like how you got hooked up with her and that that community that she's created? Yeah, so shout out to Kim actually. I think how I how I met Kim is through uh, Greg Emma, who's another great artist, and like through my like he's a huge part of like who I am today in terms of like the artistry because he was an artist and we happened to like move in together uh, at our boys. Shout out to Jason Price, my one of my best friends. He um he had a like two rooms available, and we just like moved in there, made, like, becoming this, again, like, within this process of developing who I am or as an artist, like, Greg was there for a lot of the way. You should, that's definitely a person that you want to have on this podcast. So basically, fast forwarding, Greg, there was a show in New Haven, I forget where it was. Me and Greg happened to be there and Kim happened to be there. And Kim 
like automatically knew Greg off the bat because of his artwork because his artwork's fantastic, phenomenal, dope, but however you want to use it to like in a good way. And um, like he initially signed on to the gallery and then uh, she was having a show upcoming in a couple of months or a couple of weeks at that t- at the time when we met her. She wanted Greg to be a part of it. So then we went to the Eli where Greg had his show in April. But yeah, there and then me helping Greg bring his artwork there, he introduced me to Kim. And then we started to chop it up, chat, chat it up a little bit. Then we went out to lunch and then she asked me to show me, show me the artwork. And she was like, oh, this is, yeah, I could definitely see you being a part of Wabi Gallery. And it was just all from there. And then we just recently had a show that you came to and that's how we met. And the rest were about to make history. Mm, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I think the community aspect of it is certainly important for me. I think for a while I've been kind of alone and doing like the solopreneur thing and thinking like, oh, I'll just, I'll do all this on my own. But I think that story just goes to show you like having good people around you and people that are doing the same thing and are passionate about the same thing can lift you up to new places. Do you do anything to to like network yourself or to be part of a community like that? I'm doing more of it now because I was such like an introvert and like really like not a, well, I would say a private person. So I was always like nervous to talk to people. And I, and I didn't like the way the word networking sounded. I feel like you, you have to put yourself in a box to be this thing and present a different way, right? When I think of networking, like with art, I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't consider it networking, right? You're a fan of someone else's work. You know, you, you're asking them a question, right? And now you're building conversations. So I like, I like having conversations. If that's considered networking, then yeah, I like networking. I just, I'm just interested in going back to like stories and like, man, how did you do this? What, what were you thinking here? Like, and then my, I nerd out basically. And that's, that's what it, it comes from just nerding out and being a fan of like whosoever artwork is there at the time. And they're willing to like take a couple minutes with me to ask, like, as I ask questions and they answer those for me. And that's mm-hmm. where it is. And we have a little bit more than that. Then it's like, that's perfect. That's networking to me. It's just through conversation and just being naturally yourself. In those other settings, I felt like I had to portray this other thing, right? If it was like being working in the bank, like you go into a networking event, you're there for someone else's agenda and not yours. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I wasn't fully authentic to that, right? Something that now that I'm comfortable with is like, I'm being totally myself. Oh man. And it's like other like-minded individuals here. Oh, this is cool. Who can I like conjure up a conversation with today? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. Especially for me coming from like a corporate world too. I think I went to, you know, I've been to like corporate networking events and they just seemed pointless to me because it was like, I didn't want to be here. Like, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> so I think I, I also had kind of the struggle with, with the word networking. But then once you figure out it's, to me, it's more like I'll kind of assimilate it more to like going to a concert. I remember the first time I went to a concert, I was like, I've never been to one before. Like I didn't know what to expect. I get there and like everybody we all like the same artist because like we were there for that artist. Right. So it was yeah, like immediately yeah. everybody's friends. Cause it's like, we have all this stuff in common. So now, so like w- when I go to like local, like new Haven entrepreneur networking events, it's like, Oh, we're all doing the same thing. Like we all have similar experiences and like struggling with similar stuff. So yeah, I think the word networking is a little harsh. Uh, maybe, maybe we got to come up with a new word for that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah. Um, but yeah. And then going back to like something you're saying too, as far as like being curious about people when you meet them and like supporting them, really. Um, I've, I have a friend, Josh, who uh, he does a really good job at like supporting all of his friends. And no matter what it is, like he's always like shouting somebody out or like talking about somebody or he has a friend who builds guitars, like, you know, friends that do all kinds of different things, filmmaker. Um, and then when he 
goes to put something on, the amount of people that show up for him is like enormous. And it's because he's been showing up for everybody around him the whole time before that. So I've, I learned that from him that like, if you can like honestly support people, then when it's your time to be supported, they'll all show up. And I think that that's a really, a really good trait just as a, as a person. So yeah, I think uh, networking is not all bad. <laughs> no, it's not all bad. I just, like you said, it just, we got to change the word networking because I feel like in a corporate structure that works, but then like in this structure that we're doing now, it's just community, right? It's just community building. You know exactly. what I mean? Maybe that could be a thing. Hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot better, community building. <laughs> so can you talk to me a little bit about like what success means to you? Because I think everybody kind of has a different definition of success. And in, in the corporate mindset, I think there's like one definition of success. Uh, and it's just like to climb the ladder to make the most money or whatever. But what does success mean to you nowadays? Uh, being the best version of myself at all times, being present and also being there for my son whenever he needs me. So it's like that's what success is to me and just continue to do what I'm doing, doing art every day, like being the best version of myself possible. Right. Not being a, the afraid person, not being the timid person, not being the person that's like intimidated, afraid to speak up like my voice needs to be heard. And I and I and I have a voice to, and I have a platform to do that now. So it's like just being heard and just being the best version of myself and just like meeting good people. Right. That support you and that want to see the best for you and using resources together to get to the next level. Right. So that's what success is to me. I never did it for money. I don't do it for money. I do it to get my artwork out there. And it's mainly for me, but if someone else likes it, that's that's a plus. That's a win. But it's just therapy for me. So I'll do this for the rest of my life. But this is, art is success to me. What I'm doing now is success. Hmm. I love that. I, I think there's definitely something to be said about when you're doing something for yourself and then other people like catch on and they like it versus doing something just for like an end goal. And I think that's something that I struggle with, especially for like being a business, right? Because it needs to be profitable to some extent, right? You need to make some money. But if you're doing the thing that you want to be doing just for the money, then you get skewed. And I've been constantly like pivoting and shifting because I figured out that I was doing that. I'm like, wait a minute, I don't I don't even want to be doing this. Why am I doing this? Just chasing the paycheck, the same thing as being in a corporate job. So I think that that's a something, something to always be thinking about. And, and just like you said, having, having the time to like spend with your son and, and to spend with the people that you care about. I, I value that way more than, you know, making money. And, and I think that that's not a lot of times in American culture. I think that's really a thing that's valued. Yeah. That, that, that time thing that that's been zapped away from us for a very long time now, unfortunately. So that's why one of the pieces of time is the only luxury, right? Like, it's valuable. It's precious. Like when you have kids or you have a uh, a father that was your superhero, your mother that was a superhero at one point, then they get older. You know what I mean? Then they like start to slow down a little bit. Those kind of things. It's like, damn, where did time go? You know, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like an old friend that you might've caught up in high school, but sometimes they, they see the old you and not the new version of yourself because time has passed, right? There's like so many different levels of like this thing of time that we need to, and it's like you have to be cautious of who you give your time to because it could be time wasted or time added or t- a value time. Right. So it's like you got to be you got to be like understanding of that, too. And going back to what you said earlier, learning to say no, if it doesn't build you or grow you, you got to kind of say no to that and standing firm in that and not feeling guilty once you say no. And then like, damn, I should have I should have. Nah, it's it's no for a reason because you have bigger fish to fry. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So you have a next level to go to. It's like, this might hinder that. Because then I might yeah. like fulfillment in this for, you know what I mean? Like, nah, I'm, I'm right, sticking to yeah. my friends. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you only have so much energy. And if you're putting it into something you don't really want to be doing, then you're taking it away from somewhere else that you want to, you actually want it to be. So yeah, I 100% agree with that. So uh, as we're coming to the you know the end of our time here, uh, I did want to ask you uh, what's next for you and how can people support you and check out your art and uh, you know find out more about you. Uh, what's next is still creating dope shit. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much the main thing that I create that every day. What's next though? I don't have any art shows planned up or lined up right now. We're trying to work on a group show. Me and a couple of fellow fellow artists. We're trying to do that possibly in the in the in the summer around the summertime. I mean, then I'm mainly on Instagram. Really, it's uh, Saint Pfeiffer, S A I N T P H I F E R, and that's it, man. I'm just doing dope shit and hanging out with my son. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'll link the Instagram in the uh, show notes so people can find you and check out your art. And uh, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate your time. And I just want to say thank you to you, Gino, man. Fantastic job with this podcast. I mean, we would just kind of like had this like dope conversation. I just want to say thank you very much for bringing me on here or wanting to have me on here, man. It's been an enjoyable conversation, man. And hopefully we can do more of these and see you in a couple of our shows in the future. And however I can support you, I'm, I'm here, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. No doubt, man. Thanks for tuning in and listening to Working Towards Our Purpose. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe for more episodes.